Welcome to the Unpolished MBA podcast. On this podcast, we have conversations with tech startup founders and entrepreneurs and traditional corporate MBAs. Many say that startups equal the unpolished MBA because those without the formal business education are scrappy and do many things untraditionally to achieve business success. But anyone who has built a business from an idea can attest to the fact that the experience is another level MBA and there's nothing quite like it. The candid conversation shared here is helpful to both sides of the fence. One is not better than the other, just different. Let's jump in. Hi, I'm your host, Monique Mills. And in my work, I get to have great conversations with a lot of smart and interesting people. Today, I'm sharing a conversation I had with Andy Rosick, a serial startup founder, advisor, and investor in multiple tech companies. Andy has been responsible for getting new product innovations inside of top retailers. So I asked him his thoughts on one of the questions I've been getting from retail tech startups in my portfolio. They want to know, do I stop or how do I move forward with trying to sell to these retailers? Now to give you context, it's 2020 and we're in the middle of a global pandemic where major brands and retailers are announcing bankruptcy filings almost daily. So here's what Andy had to say. Yeah, that, that's a, it's a great question and a really complicated question. Um, I'll see if I can maybe speak at parts of that and, and, and provide some, some value or insight there. Number one, when something this, you know, this global occurs, um, you kind of have to throw out the rule book. So whatever rule book you had before, you've been told was there, or you thought, imagined, whatever <laughs> in place, is it no longer applies. Some people will still try and operate with that, but it just it doesn't apply, right? And everyone thought this would be this sort of short-term thing, and then we would just go back, right? Things would just return. Well, we see now they're not, um, and we really don't know what you know, quote unquote, return means you know what is the state that retail will come back as in 2021 2022 even if you come to some operating process you know what is it two or three years from now so as entrepreneurs you know we got to look at the the changing landscape of the constraints so the constraints have changed it used to be you know you had to talk to merchants and you needed to talk about these sort of timelines and how you get your product in there and how you get it past certain gatekeepers well the, the constraints have moved now it's you know who's viable who's not going to go bankrupt um they still have physical space do they are they online are they both they have some hybrid uh, do they have partner strategies you gotta you know relook at everything with a fresh lens and say you know as a startup, I can't spend the next three years figuring this out. I can't, you know, go in and out and up and down. And so, you know, what does it look like for the next six months? What does it look like for the next year? What does it look like? And, you know, you got to take some guesses and you got to take the information you have, but we're essentially trying to create the new playbook. And this is what startups do, right? We have to function inside not enough money, not enough people, not enough hours in the day. 
um, not the right connection, you know, all the things we have stacked against us. So what, this is no different. These are just, it's just a new set of things. And so now you got to put those into sort of your, um, you know, your product concept, your business concept and say, what needs to change? How can I become indispensable to someone, you know, some other brand, some retailer who is struggling to figure out how to be successful, to stay alive, to even, you know, grow during this time? How do I become that indispensable component, right? That's what we do. We say, where's the problem? How do I solve this problem? So my encouragement, my permission to any founder listening to this is that you have to let go, right? But you have permission to let go of the business model as it was, as you've told people it was. People who, what if I, you know, investors I've talked to, it doesn't matter. They know the constraints have changed. The question is, how are you going to adapt? Can you be quicker to adapt to be, again, that critical component that a retail partner needs, wants, was maybe not even aware they were hoping for, is that you, you come to them, right, enabling them to do a thing. So, Again, if you, if you imagine the constraints have moved, that the old way is gone, um, where does that free you up? So sure, there's new, harder edges to things and some maybe closer in walls, but there's also some open doors and some open windows, right? You gotta start looking for um, how, do, how do we pivot the way we talk about it, our delivery model, our cost model, our, you know, can we, can we shift from you know one pattern to another that maybe was familiar before but didn't make sense? Maybe now it does. So it's just this idea of get back in the room. You're gonna, it's gonna hurt. You have to let go of some things that you were really excited about or really hopeful for. Um, you know, for reference, I'm not saying this just you know out of nowhere. I started my uh, my most recent startup in uh, 2009, just after. The, uh, the big you know, depression we had, our kind of <laughs> recession of the economy and the housing market. I was living in the New York area, which is ridiculously expensive. <laughs> I just started a gaming startup of all things. And, you know, like worst of everything, right? But, but survived and grew that for five years. And, and part of that was my partner and I, our co-founder, we talked all the time, almost daily about like, should we even do this? What about this? That didn't really work. Do we scrap it? Do we, and we just, we never held tightly to anything. And the couple things we did um, kind of hurt us <laughs> along the way. And so it's an, it's an encouragement to say, you know, hold the things lightly and kind of look at the opportunities in front of you and test quickly and iterate and tweak and try. This, that's what startups are for, right? You, you are a startup because you have not yet proven the, the cycle that rapidly grows your business. That's okay, yes. that's who you are. So now take that and say, this is our superpower. We're gonna use that little cycle of like figuring out how this, this thing works to figure out how it works differently now. Um, you know, we found kind of niche audiences and went whole different ways with some of our games than we thought we were gonna go just because, you know, customers are responding. We have customers literally doing the advertising for us. On, on Facebook and other platforms that were like, I don't know, let's go figure out who these people are. And we got to know them, we got to know, we were making kids games, got to know kids, got to know kids with special needs. We figured out all these kind of new, you know, places and spaces and ideas that we, we hadn't, you know, banked on. We were still making games, we we're still selling games, making money, growing the business and making people really happy. So 
you know, in the end, we were still doing what we set out to do. It just didn't look like we initially thought of. So right. for me, that's, that's that space that we're in, right? Is to kind of say, okay, this sucks. It sucks for everybody. <laughs> you know, this is hard. Um, but what are we going to do about it? We're, we're founders, we're doers, right? So what are we going to yeah. do about it to, to change the landscape? Now that said, you got to really think about, you know, how much time and energy you want to put in pursuing some of these retail partners, right? Are, are they open enough to hear new ideas or new ways of you interacting with them? Um, are they in a place to do that? Are they, you know, sometimes you can't know. You don't know whether they're a month away from filing bankruptcy or not. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you can't know that. Um, you don't know whether their online business is thriving or it's hurting just as bad as their brick and mortar was. Yeah. Um, you don't know, you know, any of those pieces, you don't know whether they have like warehouses full of stuff and that's why they're saying no, they're probably not going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's th that's the struggle. They're not going to be like, well, I can't deal with you because I've just got crap tons of stuff sitting here that I can't sell already. Um, but you need to anticipate that, right? Like who, who are these brands? How have they operated before? If it's clothing, you know they have products sitting there. You know it. Product is too old to sell now and probably till next year and they're hoping that style is even gonna be useful or they've already offloaded it, yeah. you know, internationally at like, you know, pennies in the dollar. Yeah. So like, you know the space that you're in and imagine how probably you would react if you were that big enterprise retailer, yeah. right? What would you do? Sure, we're in a pandemic right now, and it's undeniably a tough time for so many people around the world. Now, as we continue our conversation here, Andy describes how not everybody is doing bad, though, and there is still opportunity. Yes, opportunity to serve a customer during this time because people still have needs, right? And if you're an entrepreneur, and you're unable to meet a customer need right now and operate profitably, and let's say your business model is no longer working, it just doesn't work anymore, you do have permission to close shop. Yeah, we took it there on this part. Go ahead and take a listen. Um, some retailers are doing well, right? They've got things that now suddenly matter that didn't matter. People are making trampolines, can't build enough trampolines, right? People are stuck at home, they want a trampoline. Right. Like, you know, so think about the space that you're in, uh, think about spaces that are near your space. Maybe you can not necessarily pivot, but add. Can you also solve that problem there? Because that space of retail is actually doing well. Um, you know, it's not, don't think of it as, you know, how to capitalize off this downturn. It's where are the opportunities in the downturn, right? Things. Things are, are looking bad for a lot of people, but they still have needs. They still have wants and desires. They're still going to buy things, you know, again, at different rates. But how do you, how do you move into the opportunity, potentially providing, again, um, products and services that, that people really genuinely need, potentially at prices they can afford or accessibility, you know, in a way that they couldn't get to before. So that's really where I think founders have to live in this time right now is just saying, that you know we were here and then we were in this box of constraints and it got moved over here mm -hmm. so rather than still operating as if you know we're in this other box we got to we got to move our brains into the the new one and say okay let's let's sit and look around and figure out 
you know, what's different now? What's new? What's changed? What, what can we do? And honestly, you know, that no one wants to say this, you also have permission to fold up and say, yep, that's our right. model does not work in this space and it's not gonna for three years, right? We, until this market landscape really shifts, the thing we make or are trying to sell or trying to build is just wrong for the time period and that's it. Mm -hmm. and I, I mean, it is the hardest thing as a founder. I've shut down two startups. Um, for different reasons, one of which was our uh, our distribution um, pipeline suddenly changed right before we were going to trigger our, our kind of biggest you know initial orders to stock dealers. We we're going through a dealer thing with uh, bicycle parts. Um, our manufacturer changed their price. Yikes. We didn't have enough backup manufacturers, and we went to them. You know, I think we came across too stressed, and they read that. And so they upped their price and suddenly the margins just didn't make sense. So do you just plow ahead and try and figure it out? Could have, and we could have really, you know, gone into major debt and had some massive problems. We called it and shut down the business before ever placing the big order, called over a hundred retail dealers across the country, one at a time, to tell them what was going on, who committed to have product on shelves. Uh, it's painful. Yeah. But, you know, again survival you got to think about yourself your your mental health your family your life like you know if you end this now does it give you opportunity to try again in a year or two in this last part andy talks a bit about financial modeling and describes being optimistic while also planning for the worst and in the startup world, when we start talking about financial modeling, it can be intimidating to newcomers or unpolished MBAs if they haven't done it before or even been in conversations about P&Ls and cash flow in their corporate jobs. But that's okay. I remember the first time being responsible for a profit and loss center in my corporate job and no one explained anything to me. And I mean, absolutely nothing. I remember asking my boss and he was like, oh, I just use the same numbers and add 10% on. <laughs> and I bet you're rolling your eyes right now, but that actually happened before I got my MBA. And so I had to learn everything on my own. Now with startups though, they can reach out to people for help and they're happy to share and explain. I'm not so sure if inside of a large organization, if that type of request for help would be received as well. Plus the information is confidential and can't be shared externally. Well, anyways, Andy talks a little bit about helping startups and readjusting your financial model and then making decisions based upon those projections. That is how it's done. Take a listen. Again, go back to square one and remodel your financial outlook. Don't go, oh, you know, we got, we gaps our customer and they got Yeezy now and their stock went up and all is great. <laughs> you know, okay, sure, for Yeezy, you know, for, <laughs> right. for anyone associated, you know, with him and his people, they're going to be set up. Uh -huh. That's a lot of money they just allocated to, to yeah. one partner. You better believe it's going to be off and on rocky for some of the other ones. So, you know, that, just like that kind of thing. Like, how do you remodel your financials to say, okay, well, we have, it's not maybe Gap, but we're doing something to Athleta or, or 
uh, you know, Old Navy, which is, you know, one of their sub brands. Again, what happens if that partnership cuts off in the fall? What happens if they, at the end of the year, they go, well, we're not going to, you know, renew. Mm -hmm. You have to remodel the financials and say, what happens then? Yeah. You, you can do kind of the worst, worst case, like everybody drops. You can do the best case, everybody stays and you get more at the same pace. And you can do sort of the, what do you think is true? And it's going to be somewhere, somewhere in the middle yeah. in between those, usually a little more towards the low side. We're all optimists. So, you know, do some financials around, well, okay, maybe we've got 10, you know, partners we're working with right now or close to closing. Let's say three of them, you know, drop out and two reduce the amount they purchase. So now we're at five. Like, are you still okay? Are you still in business? Are you going to immediately go out of business if that occurs? Yeah. Um, to get her to just evaluate Again, the landscape for where things are and change the assumptions. Hey, I got a year contract. No, you don't. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> right now you think you have a year contract, um, but don't assume that that lasts because, you know, you're setting yourself up for a very, you know, turbulent time when that shifts as opposed to saying, I already have a plan if these guys were to back out in six months for any reason. Okay, let's mm -hmm. just say they disappeared off the face of the earth completely evaporated. Um, we already know that one, we're going to be solvent. Two, we have a pipeline of customers coming into play that six months from now, you know, we're feeling strong about. And so with or without them, it just means we're gonna be bigger or medium or we're not, we're not going to be, you know, exactly where we thought we'd be, but we're going to be okay. So like remodel those financials. Again, this isn't for some investor. This is for you. For you you got to know, you know, at what number of clients and, and daily, weekly, monthly sales is the point at which there is no return. And you should pull the plug right then. You should have that conversation with your co-founders, right? Yeah. How, how deep are you willing to go into debt? My suggestion would be zero if possible. Um, but you know, Where's that line? Don't don't start having those conversations when you've fallen below that line. That's right. Now you're sweating, thinking about how you're going to eat. That, that's a, that's the bad time to have that that's conversation. Worst so, time, right? It's the worst time. Yeah. So you know, be optimistic, be hopeful. You know, plan for success, but also model for uh, what it looks like when it's not successful or not as successful. And is everyone on your team on board with those models, right? You know, someone might say, oh, no, no, my tolerance is nowhere close to where you're saying, mm -hmm. you know, the cutoff line is. And so, again, those are really important, but those will also give you a point at which saying, hey, we're really close. Like maybe we're below it right now. Right. If we could get past that line, now the team feels strong enough that we could go after maybe one more client and now get above the line. Again, we think in the next couple of weeks, maybe we're, you know, we're close to that. So it gives you these sort of, you know, both positive and negative indicators you can say like above this it may not mean that we're ready to like go raise a bunch of funding but we're making enough money to survive we're on track we could you know land some more customers and begin you know begin growing and proving out that this really is a good model and we're below that line you know it's time to have a serious heart to heart and and decide you know where we are as a company so don't be afraid of the financial models. Don't be afraid of, you know, you know what, what that means. Ask, Google it. If you don't know how to do them, you know, look for um, good, better, best 
financial models. You can Google that. Um, I've helped some companies with it in the past too. It's just, it's just being honest about costs and revenue. Yeah. Right. What are all the things that cost you money? Everything. Everything from, costs you money. You know, your yeah. Zoom monthly fees to your internet, you know, just yeah. everything. We're all the money going out, all the money coming in. Um, and then what, what might that look like if you were to land customers this month, next month, the month after? What does that look like if you lose customers? So mm -hmm. that's really all you're doing. You're just playing with that teeter-totter. And yeah. what you wanted to do is follow the ground and real heavy on the revenue coming inside, uh, not to be real heavy on the cost side. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's really it. And I know a lot of people get sort of, ah, I'm not good with spreadsheets, whatever. You're like, okay, so find someone who is. Mm -hmm. right find a friend someone's got to be able to just help for a few minutes say I, I got a bunch of expenses I have some of the you know, numbers around our revenue can you help me put this in a format that I could then change those numbers to see what happens if and you know someone you know can do that and can help you and if not keep asking because you know you can get that support but you need to be be able to put it like in writing you know on a screen and know that like this is real this yeah. is this is where these numbers are. So again, that's another just you know permission um, to be afraid of numbers, but don't not deal with them. <laughs> so uh, and an encouragement, don't not deal with them. Deal with them um, and find someone who can help you and and you know your permission to say I don't know how to do this. It's okay, right? I hate the accounting part. I literally like hate doing it. I understand it. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, knowing when to outsource things is also important. Or, or find <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely right. Okay. Well, uh, I want to thank you for your time and for answering those questions. Um, I think that many founders needed the permission to make some changes. And, and I feel like a lot of times exactly what you're saying, they, sometimes they feel like they have to hold on to what they told everyone, but everyone right. is given permission to change right now. So, so I appreciate yeah. your response on that. And I'm sure our audience of, of founders will as well. Thank you. Yeah. Good. You're welcome. Happy to, uh, happy to help out however I can. Uh, I know it's a really tough time. And so, you know, be encouraged. If, if you can weather this as a, as a founder, as a founding team, um, there's nothing anybody can throw at you that's going right. to set you back after this. So, um, you know, stay strong, you know, we're, rely on each other and be open to just rethinking how you do things. Cause, um, that's, that's the whole point, right? Is we're, we're trying to find answers where there are problems and we got all, we got all kinds of problems. So you should have plenty of room to come up with answers. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's it. Andy shares some great information like throw out the rule book. The constraints have changed. And who cares what you said before? If you've got to change your business model to survive, just do it. Also, remember, everyone is not doing bad in the economic downturn. This represents opportunity for you to serve customers, even if it's in a different way. If you have questions, go ahead and send us a message using the link in the show notes. Your questions may be incorporated in a future episode, and if it is, we'll notify you. The Unpolished MBA conversation continues, and you can be a part of it by going to 
unpolishedmba.com. Thank you for listening.